thank you for joining us at Luminous Church. And this morning, we hope that you see Jesus clearly. I love that. Um, we're going to be uh, in John chapter 14. That's the main verse we're going to be in, John 14, 13 through 14. Um, why are y'all laughing? Why are y'all laughing? Um, <laughs> I'm in my sweater today because, yeah, yeah, because it's fall. Yeah. Right? Um, it got below 80 degrees in San Antonio, so it's fall. So I got to put my sweater on because I got my swag. Got to be yeah. swag for y'all. You know, but the thing is, is I realize I got to wear this in the 70 degrees because I only get to wear it like three times a year. And, uh, you know, I like this sweater. So I'm going to wear it. It's fall. And so I'm going to sweat while I'm up here. But it's worth it. It's worth it. Um, but I'm excited. I love the fall. It's my favorite season. So um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a really a sacrifice to be living in San Antonio, you know, because I love the fall. But I'm happy to be here. I love San Antonio. So, um I want to start off by reading this verse, John 14, 13 through 14. And this is Jesus speaking, and he says, And I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. Anything in my name. You know, when I was reading this verse and kind of prepping for this sermon, it reminded me of this story. It reminded me... Um, a few years ago, I was uh, still in Midland, and we were in my parents' kitchen. And it was me, my brother Tyler, who's coming back next week. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, he's in there. And then two of our friends, Adam and Dane. And Adam, this is late at night, so, you know, we're, we're just talking real late. And he's all, he's been reading this book, right? And it's a book about miracles and moving, and God moving powerfully. And it basically... The, the man that this book was based off of, what he would do to kind of build his faith to pray for people, he had this gift that God had given him. Basically, what he could do is he could look, he could, he could pray for people's legs. And so many people actually walk around and one leg is slightly shorter than the other. And chiropractors know this. And it causes all kinds of like pain sometimes and stuff like that. You can have, it can be off very little, you know, like a quarter of an inch or it can be way more than that. Well, this guy, what he would do is he would set people down and check their legs, and he would pray for them, and their legs would grow, and they would match in, in length. And then that would build his faith, and then he could pray for other things, that may, you know, maybe pray for somebody who was really sick after that. He would have the faith to do that. So my friend Adam was like, I want to do this. So he's like, you, is your legs uneven? And I'm like, uh, I don't know. You know so, and he, he's like, no, I want to try, I want to try. So he, he gets me down on the ground. I'm in my parents' kitchen, it's like one in the morning, and he's got my legs out, and, and he's like trying to look and see if my legs were uneven, and my legs were even. So he was very disappointed, and that was the end of the story. Um, no, uh, basically, he, uh, I stop, and I'm kind of like, well, I don't know about my legs, but my thumbs are different sizes. And he's like, what? And I said, yeah. Yeah, my thumb, my, my right thumb is like half an inch shorter than my left. And he's like, what? And I was like, and yeah, I mean, it had been that way since I was an adult. Basically, even in high school, me and my friends would laugh and joke about my thumb because my right thumb was so short. 
And, you know, I didn't really care. It didn't, it didn't hurt my feelings or anything because it's just a thumb. Like, it didn't affect my quality of life. I could still write. I, could, I mean, it just it didn't matter. It was just something unique about me, right? But he's like, well, I want to pray for your thumb. I'm like, okay. Pray for my thumb. So he kind of grabs my hand, and I, I stick both thumbs out like this and next to each other. And then Adam leans down and he's, kind of touches my thumbs like this, super spiritual. So, Jesus, feel his thumbs. Feel his thumbs. And then he stops, and he looks into my eyes, and he goes, I gotta go to the bathroom. <laughs> so then he gets up, and he just goes to the bathroom, just like that, over. And, and it almost, we just kind of start laughing and joking about that. And, and then uh, Tyler and Danny turn in, and they're like, well, check your thumbs. You know, and I'm like, I'm, I'm not even really expecting anything, but I look down and I lift up both my thumbs at the same time, and my right thumb, I promise you, grew right before my eyes, like happening. I saw it went, it was like it stretched. It was like somebody was grabbing it and pulling it and making it longer. It was crazy. It was wild. I had never seen anything like that. I was like, my eyes got super big. I'm like, what is going? I'm like, oh my gosh. And then they're like, what, what? And I'm like, my thumb, look, my thumb. And they're like, we start screaming. It's one in the morning. My parents are waking up upstairs. We're yelling. And Adam comes walking in back about that time. He's like, what's up, guys? Yeah. And we're like, this thumb grew. And they're like, oh, my gosh. We're screaming. We're yelling. It was wild. And I remember the next day I'm thinking about it. I'm like, God, why did you heal my thumb? Really, I was like, what? Because at the time, I had lots of other things going on in my life, like other aches and pains, my back. I had a back injury that had been hurting me for years, right? And I literally asked God, I was like, why didn't you heal my back? And he's like, well, and I, I really remember this clearly because he, he was so quick in his response. He said, I answered, I, I healed your thumb because I wanted you to know that there was nothing too silly yeah. to ask for prayer yeah. for. Because at that time yeah. in my life, I was... I thought that I would have thought that that was too silly of a prayer. Like, but God's not going to answer that prayer. That's a silly prayer, you know, because it didn't hurt my life. So that really changed how I viewed prayer. It changed my life. Um, and God did things through that that really altered my whole course of my life just by making my thumb grow. But the cool thing, the interesting thing about this, and it's not really cool, but it's interesting, is if you just took that story by itself and you took the verse that I read, and you just, that's all you consider, just took it as a, in a vacuum, then you might walk away thinking that what that verse says is, if I have the right faith and I say the right words, meaning Jesus' name, then God will do whatever I want. And unfortunately, that's not what that says. And really, it's not unfortunate, it's fortunate, but that's not what that means. Yeah. Um, so that's what this series is about. It's about context. It's about interpreting the truth. And you can see that it's called Twisted misinterpreting the truth. And uh, the reason we're using the Snapchat filter is, first, how many of you are familiar with Snapchat filters? Yeah, yeah, I know, because I see y'all's filter posts all the time. <laughs> My daughter loves Snapchat, too. She doesn't know what Snapchat is, she doesn't know what filters are, but what she does know is that she can swap faces with daddy and make horrifying photos <laughs> where daddy has a four-year-old girl's blonde curly hair and my beautiful little girl has this hideous face yeah. with a beard on it. But she loves it, right? She loves it. We all love it. We love to have dog ears. We love all this stuff. But 
what I want you to do is just imagine for a second that you don't know anything about Snapchat. You don't know what filters are. Let's just say you're one of those people that never upgraded from your flip phone because your flip phone battery lasts for 60 hours and you can do, you're really fast with that predictive text. You know, you're really good at that. Um, you know, I loved that high school baby. I mean, many of you are probably too young to even know what that is, but I loved it. But we're gonna pull up a picture real quick of me up here. And uh, yeah, but uh, so imagine you're that person who doesn't know anything about Snapchat, has this flip phone, and then um, Ross comes up and he shows you this picture of me from Snapchat. He's like, check this dude out. And you're like, what is wrong with that guy? Because <laughs> you don't even know me, right? You don't have any context. All you see is this ugly mug with this weird face, and you don't know what Snapchat is, and you're like, there's something wrong with that guy. I don't want to know him. He's weird, right? And that's the thing, because it's about context. But if you're my friend, and you know who I am, and especially if you know what Snapchat is, you're going to instantly know what that's about, right? And it's not going to be weird. It's going to be funny, because it is funny, because I'm ugly already, and then that really makes me ugly. And that's the thing, is interpretation matters in life, right? It matters with Snapchat, but what it really matters in is the Bible and Scripture and our life, right? And so that's why we're using this. That's why it's called Twisted. That's why we're doing Snapchat. So what we want you to do over the next four, four Sundays is we're going to start going to break down some verses, right? These verses that are commonly misinterpreted. And if you've been in Christianity long enough, you've heard these verses and you've probably used them because I know I have, right? But what we want to do is we want to be people who interpret what God says properly, right? Because if we don't, it's not going to be good. So what we're going to try to do is we're going to try to give you three tools that you can start using over the next four weeks that then will allow you in your own personal time, even after this series is over, enrich your understanding of what God's saying to you in Scripture when you're reading it. Okay? Can we do that? Um, so I want you to imagine you got this tool belt. And you're pulling it up, you know? Uh, you know, I'm not very handy, so I don't know tools very well, but I'm going to imagine it. I'm going to play like I do. So I'm pulling on my, my tool belt, and the first tool we're going to use to interpret Scripture is it's understand the context. Understand the context. So context matters. It matters in everything. You've probably known, like, where somebody hears something you say and they take it out of context. Maybe they didn't hear all the other things you said around it, and they just took this one sentence, and then that one sentence can be really misinterpreted and taken the wrong way. Maybe people's feelings have been hurt for that reason, right? Because context matters. So we want to know not just what one verse says, but we want to know what the Bible says around that verse, right? And we want to know what the Bible as a whole says about it. So it gives us context. That's the first tool. The second tool is we want to interpret scriptures using other scriptures, okay? We want to use the Bible to interpret itself. And we just believe that the Bible is a better interpreter of itself than, say, my own feelings that morning when I'm cranky and I wake up and I read a scripture, right? Like, I, I'm not going to have the best understanding. We want to use the Bible to help interpret it. We want to use that. We don't want to use our own personal opinion. And we don't want to just use necessarily what someone else wrote in a book about the Bible, right? The primary source we want to use is the Bible itself. So that's your second tool. And then finally, your third tool is we want to apply what we learn. Because the Bible is not just a book to be studied, okay? It's not a textbook. It's not um, even just a, a, 
a, a book that you read for pleasure. It's something that's living and breathing because the Bible represents the word of God who is Jesus. He is alive. And he's somebody that we want to take what is said in it and we want to apply it to our life and put it into action. Okay? We want to, you don't want to just study it and spend hours just looking at it. We want to take what it says and, and apply it to our lives. So those are our three tools. Understand the context, interpret scripture using other scripture, and apply what you learn. So, um, let's start off with our first tool. Pulling it out of my tool belt, sitting on the table. And uh, basically what we're going to do is context. So let's look at the context. Um, John 14, 13 through 14, is in the book of John. And who do you think wrote the book of John? John. Wow! Y'all are good. Y'all are awesome. Took me a while to figure that one out. Um, now John... John, of course, is the writer. He's one of the apostles. He's known as the Beloved. And he wrote the book of John with a purpose and a plan, right? He had a thesis statement, so to speak, right? He wrote this paper with a point. And that point is that Jesus is God. Jesus is God. And so that's the greater context of the book of John, is that John is trying to tell us that Jesus is God. So everything we read in the book of John is ultimately pointing to that truth. So now we want to go a little bit deep, you know, a little bit closer to it. We want to go to John 14, the chapter itself, and see what is Jesus talking about in the whole of that chapter. Because it's going to give us insight into what that individual verse means. So in John chapter 14, what Jesus is talking about is the relationship between himself and God the Father. So the disciples have been asking him questions. And they're like, well, show us the Father. And Jesus is like, if you see me, you've seen the Father. Am I not in the Father and the Father in me? So he's talking about, he's going into detail about what this relationship looks like. So that's the next step in the context. And then finally, let's look deeper at the verse itself. John 14, 13 through 14. It says, and I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. That's so that in that verse is there to tell us one thing, and that's the goal of what Jesus has just said. So when he says that I'll do anything you ask in my name, the so that is telling us that Jesus' goal in doing that is to glorify the Father and the Son, okay? So that helps us, right? That shapes the context of what this verse is about. It's not a verse that's about like, oh, I can just pull out my big list of things that I want in my life, you know, that, that are all about me, and I just expect that God is going to answer those things, Right? Because that's not the context of this verse. The context is God's gonna, that Jesus said, if you ask something in my name that ultimately will glorify the Father, I will answer. You can ask anything that will glorify God, and I will answer that prayer. Because that's what the context is. It's about Jesus and the Father. Because ultimately, sad truth is, you're not the main character of the Bible. Jesus is. God the Father is. Right? And that's really hard for us, because I'm, I'm telling you, every time I read it, I'm just putting myself in the story. It's all about me, right? Because that's how we are. But the context tells us something different. So that's the first tool, is that verse is really about, he wants to answer prayers to glorify the Father. And then we want to pull out our second tool. We want to use other scriptures, right? So what we want to do here is we want to look at, you know, we're assuming, right, that the prayer... This is not the only time in the Bible that prayer is mentioned. So probably it's important to know what God thinks about prayer. 
So what we've done is we've pulled out four things that we believe matter to God when we pray. And we're going to go into those things. So the first one is your relationships matter to God. Mark 11, 24 through 26 tells us, Therefore I tell you, this is Jesus speaking again, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. And when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive them, so that your Father in heaven may forgive you your sins. So that's interesting, right? So like, basically, if we imagine what Jesus is talking about, there's this person who's praying to God, and Jesus is saying, if that person's praying and they have unforgiveness towards somebody, Jesus is saying, stop praying, and then go be reconciled to that other person first, and then come back and pray. So relationships to God matter when we pray. It matters. Um, 1 Peter 3.7 adds to this, where it says, Husbands, in the same way, be considerate as you live with your wives. And treat them with respect as the weaker partner and as heirs with you of the gracious gift of life, so that nothing will hinder your prayers. So not only does Jesus ask us to forgive, you know, in order to, for our prayers not be hindered, he also goes on further, he says, that if I'm being a jerk to Jill, my prayers aren't going to be heard, Right? If I'm not doing, if I'm not treating my wife the way that God's asked me to treat her, which is to lay down my life for her, then my prayers won't be heard by God. Relationships matter in our prayer life, right? So it's like, it's just like little kids. When little kids are, you know, if you've got children and, and they're like fighting each other and you've got, you know, the, you've got a brother and a sister and the, the brother's like, pushes his sister down. Yeah, get down. Because that's what I was kind of like when I was little. And then, you know, they're like, stop, stop, don't do that. And then that little brother, the little brother who just pushed down his sister and has been mean to him, then turns to mommy and says, can I get some ice cream? Do you think mommy's going to give him ice cream? No. <laughs> right? God's the same way, right? He, he's interested in the character of our heart, what our relationships, because he loves his other people as much as he loves us, so relationships matter to God. The second thing that matters to God when we pray is our motives. Our motives matter. Um, James 4.3 says, when you ask, you do not receive because you ask with the wrong motives. There's lots of times we ask for things with the wrong motives. How many of you remember last spring when the Powerball got to $1.6 billion? Money, money. How many of you um, bought tickets for the $1.6 billion? Raise them high. Be proud. There you go. There you go. I can't tell you how many of my friends that I saw on social media were posting nonsense like this right here. Lord, let me win the Powerball, and I'll tithe. Mm. I will tithe that $1.6 billion. You think their motives were good? Hmm? No? No? No, because they really just wanted that money, right? And they probably weren't tithing to begin with. But Lord, if you give me that richness, I'll, I'll tie then, right? So motives matter. You think God answered any of those prayers? Probably not. Um, and the thing that's interesting about motive is the Bible tells us in Proverbs 16.2 that all a person's ways seem pure to them, but motives are weighed by the Lord. And what that means is 
There's sometimes that I'm going to think that my motives are pure, but they're not. Because I'm not the ultimate judge of motive, right? It says right there in the scriptures that God is the ultimate motive. So he's going to weigh our motives when we pray to him. He's going to look and he can see our inner heart and see why we're praying for things. And he knows us better than we know ourselves. And motives matter. Motives matter. Faith matters. Faith matters. James, again, in, verse, in chapter 1, verses 6 through 7, this is the brother of Jesus also who's been, who wrote this book. He tells us, but when you ask, you must believe and not doubt. Because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. That's, that's strong language, right? Because how many of you have struggled with doubt before? Yeah, I know I have. Faith is faith's one of those things, it's like a, it's like a gentle flower. You have, to, you have to protect it, and you have to grow it, you have to nourish it, right? It, it, it's going to wither if you don't take care of it, right? Um, I was thinking about faith in this context and wanting to have faith in my prayers and wanting my faith, because it does matter to God. My faith matters. And I was thinking about like a faith like a child, you know, and that's, a, that's something that we've heard. And most of us would probably assume that that was in the Bible, right? Faith like a child. But actually, that verse is nowhere to be found in the Bible. There's no verse that says faith like a child. But the point of that saying is in the Bible. And Jesus says that, right? Jesus, and uh, there's this time when all the, the children come to him, and he sets one on his lap, and he says, unless you become like one of these, and he points to the child, then you'll never enter the kingdom of heaven, basically, right? He says something. And the point is, that's what he's saying. It's like, we have to be like children with our relationship with God. And that reminds me of my daughter. My daughter, Alaska, she listens to everything I say, right? She trusts me and she loves me. So if I tell her, you know, um, for instance, I told her one time, we were, I was putting her to bed. And she, it was, you know, we, I just finished reading stories. We read the Bible. And I'm praying with her, and I say, baby, do you know that you can hear God speak? And she believed me, because daddy told her. I said, do you want to you hear God speak? She said, yeah. So I was like, okay, here's what we're going to do. I want you to say what daddy says. I said, I want you to pray, Jesus, speak to me. So that's what she said. She goes, Jesus, speak to me. And, I said, and then we were quiet for a few minutes. And then I turned to her, and I said, what did, what did Jesus say? And, you know, without any coaching at all, this is just her talking. She tells me, yeah, Jesus spoke to me. And I said, what did he say? She goes, that I fight the scaries. Beautiful, right? Like, perfect. Because at that time, Alaska was struggling with nightmares, yeah. right? And being scared of the dark, and being alone up in her room. And what does Jesus say? He says the perfect thing to her. I fight the scaries. And why did, God, why did she hear God speak? First off, because God's good, and he's a good dad, and he knew the moment, he knew the importance of that moment, but also because Alaska had faith that God would speak, yeah. right? She didn't doubt. I tell you, there's plenty of times that I doubt that I'm going to hear God speak when I pray. I'm like, Lord, speak to me, and I'm really, in my heart, I'm like, he's not going to say anything. My daughter immediately believed that she would hear something. And that's the kind of faith we need to have. If we don't have that kind of faith, and that's what the Bible tells us, that we'll just be washed 
wherever things go. We'll be just taken along for the ride. And if anything, Jesus is the rock. And that rock's not going anywhere. You know? Um, Matthew 9, 29 through 30 goes in further about faith. And it's talking about a moment when Jesus reached out and touched someone. And he said, according to your faith, let it be done to you. And their sight was restored. So faith is very important. If we don't have faith, our prayers are going to be hindered. So, you've got your faith down. You've got your motives down. And your relationships are good. Then logically, right, that means I can get whatever I want. <laughs> right? You think so? No? No. Um, because there's one other thing that matters. And it's probably the most important one. And it's not just a probably, it definitely is the most important one. And that's God's will matters. The worship team has started coming up with me too. God's will matters. Um, 1 John 5, 14 through 15 tells us, and this is John again, um, the beloved. He says, this is the confidence we have in approaching God. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we have asked of him. And then finally, John 14, 14 again says, you may ask me for anything in my name. And so I was thinking about that, that God's will matters to, to, uh, to God when we pray. And then, and then further, Jesus says, in my name. And so our tendency when we first start thinking about this stuff, right, is we almost think of that word, like, in Jesus' name, is like, it's magic, like hocus pocus. If I say Jesus' name, then that's the secret ingredient that my prayer is going to be heard. And that's not necessarily at all what Jesus is talking about. Because remember what the context of John 14 was? He's talking about the relationship between him and, and, the God, and God the Father, right? So when he says, if you ask in my name, what he's doing is he's saying, go before God and say, Jesus sent me. I'm coming in Jesus' name. And he's basically saying, use my name, and I'll, that'll allow you into that relationship that I have with the Father. And it reminds me of my own dad. There's been times in my life where I've had to go raise partnership to do what I'm doing in ministry. And I've gone to my dad and I said, Dad, um, is there any men or women that you would encourage me to talk to? He pulls out a list and he gives me these 20 names. And he says, go talk to these guys. And so that's what I do. I call them up and I say, hey, I got your number from uh, my dad, Danny Snelson. And you know what? Those men and women always received me and heard me, and heard me out and listened to what I had to say, right? They gave me respect in the time. Why? Not because they knew me, not because they respected me, but because they respected my dad. And if I abuse that, not only am I going to harm my own relationship, it may even harm that relationship between my dad and that other person, right? So the same thing is true when we use Jesus' name, right? He's allowing us to come before the Father in his name. So we can't abuse that. So those are the four things that matter. Relationships matter. Motives matter. Faith matters. And ultimately, God's will matters. So we're going to use the conclusion here, the last tool, application. How does this apply to your life? Well, we've learned that 
It's not always about me pulling out my list of what I think I want and expecting God to move. Because it's ultimately what he's doing. And why does he answer prayers to begin with? To glorify God. So I don't always know what's best to glorify God, right? But God knows. And this is so important for us to understand. Because so many people have misinterpreted this scripture. And when they don't get what they ask for, they, put all, they hedge all their bets on this scripture. And saying, well, God's going to answer this prayer. And when he doesn't, they're so devastated that they abandon the faith. Right? God didn't hear me. God must not be real. Or God hates me. Or all these other things, right? Because we come before him and we come and we have to these big things that matter to us. And they matter. And because there's, there's a mystery to it. There's sometimes that we expect God to move and he doesn't. And then there's times where we don't expect him to move, like my thumb, and he does. But if we're putting all our bets on those one things, we're going to be disappointed. Because that's not what those verses are about. And then a second, the worship teams, are gonna, they're going to sing that song, Miracles, again. And it's a perfect song for this, right? Because Chris, who wrote this, like, like Victoria said before, he wrote this song mere months after his son died. And he wrote it because even though he was praying and pouring his heart out to save his baby boy, God didn't answer the way he thought he would. But nevertheless, he's going to praise the Lord. And this song hits really home for me too, personally. Um, because just yesterday, I got a call from my, my father and um, my uncle who's been fighting cancer for the last year, passed away. And we've been praying for a year. All of my whole family, we've had a group text, our entire family, extended cousins, grandparents, everyone. And every day at noon, my mother would send out a text praying for my uncle, Jeff. Because his cancer was so bad, it was it literally eating his body away. And they were believing. My mom fasted multiple times for 40 plus days my uncle. And we've been fighting and believing that God was going to move and heal my uncle. But he didn't. My uncle, yesterday morning, before he passed away, he was in the hospital because he rolled over in bed and he broke his arm. Just from rolling over. That's how brittle his bones have become. This is real life. These are hard times, Right? The thing is, is if my faith was based that God was going to heal my Uncle Jeff, where would I be today, right? But that's not why I have faith in God. My faith wasn't betting, wasn't betting that God was going to move for my uncle. My faith was 2,000 years ago when Jesus came and died on the cross for me. That's why we have faith in God. Faith in Him. He's already done the great work. That's what we have to hold on to, right? The enemy comes in so quick and they twist things. And my uncle is dead today because of sin, right? Sin's effect in the earth. When we fell and sin and death came into the earth, my, my, God's will for my uncle was not for him to die from cancer. But God hates sin so much that he was willing to step down from glory and step into this broken, dirty world 
and take, stretch his arms out and take on my sin for me and die for me, right? That's where my faith is. It's not that God's gonna just arbitrarily answer my prayers about whether oh, I got a cold today or I want a promotion. And you know what? God's awesome. Sometimes he does answer those prayers, right? Just like my thumbs. Sometimes he doesn't. But that's not what I base my faith on. My faith is not based on the fact that my thumbs grew. My faith is based that Jesus, 2,000 years ago, stretched his arm out for me and died. You know, the hope, the hope of all this is, it's the truth. It's because of that hope, because of that faith in Jesus. My uncle is not dead. My uncle is alive, right? He was found in Jesus. He gave his life to Jesus. He said, Jesus, you're the Lord of my life. And he's followed Jesus. And now he's been restored. He's been restored to full life. Full life. The way God designed him to be from the foundations of the earth. He's not even what he was before cancer. He's more. He's what God made each and every one of us to be. And now he's dancing and he's singing and he's praising before the glory of the Father restored. That's the hope we carry. My uncle is not just dead dead to sin, right? He's alive in Christ because Christ died for him. This is so important, guys, because I promise you, if we put our faith in the wrong thing, we're going to be crushed. Our faith is not in these small little moves of God, like, well, because it's always going to be the next thing. Well, God did answer my prayer about my thumbs, but he didn't answer my prayer about this. So I guess I can't trust God. It's not a way to live. We live because Christ died and now lives again. So I want you all to stand up with me. We're going to sing miracles. And while miracles is singing, there's going to be prayer workers up front. And if you, you know, if you've chased a tragedy, if it's hard times, come forward and get prayer. And if you want to see miracles, come boldly forward too. And believe that God's going to move powerfully in your life. But know that even if he doesn't, God is still good. Because he's already done everything. Okay? That would be our encouragement to you today. Let's, let's sing miracles together. Thank you for listening to this week's message. To find out more about service times, giving, and community groups that meet throughout the week, please visit us online at luminouschurch.org. Thank you for listening to this week's message.